As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Glory Hunters podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for downloading, rating and subscribing. It's Southampton versus Brighton and Hove Albion, joined by Stephen Grant from the Brighton and Hove Albion, with, of course, Natalie Sawyer as well. Hello. 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 You, you won first in the, in the first round. Happy to be back in 2020. Yeah, I, I, I didn't realise that winning meant that I could come back, but in many ways, modern sporting game confuses me. Does it? Well, there we are. Welcome to this sporting quiz. You and Thomas, Andrew Ryan, representing Southampton. Yeah, happy to be here. As always. Yeah. Up the Saints. Up this. Come on, you Saints. A lovely oh. Christmas for the Saints. Yeah, it's going well. We're marching on, as we say. Oh, man. One song. You've only got <laughs> one song. There we are. Here's the podcast. <laughs> Hello, I'm Charlie Baker, and welcome to Glory Hunters, the show that's a boot camp for the brain. Our guests are given no basic training at all before being ushered onto the field of battle to represent the team they've always supported. But who will tackle this mental assault course with ease and who's going to have to drop and give me 20? It's up for grabs now on Glory Hunters. Yes, this week it's a South Coast derby as Southampton take on Brighton. Captaining Southampton is Andrew Ryan. Andrew, welcome back. Happy 2020. Thank you, Charlie. Good to be back here. First show of the year. Very excited. Now, last time on the show, you were, you'd been invited to, to train with Portsmouth. That's correct, yeah. How did that go? So I got invited down by Joe Gallen, the assistant manager. Went down with Kenny Jacket, the manager. Went oh, down yeah. to Portsmouth on a wet Tuesday. So I met Kev, the gear man, big Kev. He's the, the gear man, gave me some gear, went out into the pitch. Did it have your, did it have your initials on no, it? No, I just had the Portsmouth crest on it. And oh. I didn't actually, I, I didn't want to take part in the training. I observed and I gave them a few tips, a bit of passing <laughs> movement and stuff Why like that. Why didn't you want to take part in the training? I didn't want to hurt them. Oh, you know right. what I mean? Um, yeah, I didn't want to show them up. But I watched the training for an hour and a half, had a meeting with the team afterwards. and They offered me a deal, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, we, uh, we didn't share the same vision for the club. Oh. So I decided to walk away. Um, but I did do a defensive masterclass with them. And then two days later, they went up to Accrington and lost 3-0. Ah. But you know what? I, I went down Tough just to watch to training and meet some of the players. And uh, there was a couple of Irish lads down there as well. So I was very happy to meet them. And uh, they've invited me to a game this season. Uh, down, at, down at Pompey. And you so. genuinely didn't take your boots and have a kick around with them? I actually, I, do you know what I did was, I was actually uh, 
collecting the balls when they kicked them over the bar. So I was actually, I was, I was actually ball boy. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually what happened. But they saw me run for the ball, so yeah. they knew I had movement. But you know what? It was really interesting to watch it because even at 37 years of age, you see these guys training. You sit in the back of your head, you're going. I could still do a job, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you go, no, you after about 10 minutes, you're like, no, I'm not going to do it. But you know what, great experience to go down and see them train and very intense training, like a lot of, lot of, lot of big tackles going in, a lot of feistiness, a lot of arguing. It's like it's the their pairs. job, isn't it? Yeah. It's, and like they, it's not just their hobby. It's, like it's made me look at footballers in a completely different light because training started at 10 o'clock and it finished at quarter to 12. Yeah, lovely, isn't it? And I always realised <laughs> these people actually do a bit of work. <laughs> in the afternoon. Yeah, and afterwards their lunch is made for them. They go in, they have their pasta, their chicken, their rice, they have that, and then they're gone by one o'clock. But you know what, I, highly, I, I loved it, I loved it down there. <laughs> Wonderful experience, and I'd highly, uh, highly recommend, recommend uh, going go and watch training with a football professional team. Now, today you are captaining Southampton, which is, yes. of course is Portsmouth's absolute enemies. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting invited to training with Southampton, actually. <laughs> <laughs> captaining Southampton, delighted with Southampton's recent form. Yes. Since the 9-0 defeat, they yeah. seem to have turned up to the Premier League this it season. It seems like that really drew a line under everything for them, didn't it? It did, yeah. But anyway, alongside you is Athletic God, broadcaster and Southampton fan Ewan Thomas. Hello, Ewan. How are you? Very well, thank you. A, a great Christmas and New Year yeah. for Southampton. Oh, oh, and for me. And my, for you? It was my boy's first birthday oh. and his first ever Christmas, oh, so it was quite it, exciting. Is it on the same day? Or? No, 29th is his birthday, so yeah. it's been quite a busy few days. It's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah. He's but going a, back to the got, Southampton. He's got, but he's got a lifetime of people not really celebrating his birthday properly, isn't no. he? Because really? it's a lifetime of, oh, mate, we've been out. Yeah. <laughs> he did get three Southampton kits, though. Three? From different people, Home, yeah. away, and... Well, I've cup. only opened one of them, actually, but oh. I know the other two are kits as well. Now, Southampton, obviously, you're a, you're a huge world-class athlete. Loads of world-class athletes come out of Southampton. Yeah. Or went to Southampton, I think. It was my late oh, coach, right. Mike Smith. He was such a brilliant coach. Yeah. One of those old school people who didn't do it for the money, didn't do it for the glory, just wanted to get the best out of the athletes he coached. Yeah. He was an old geography teacher, actually. So he coached Roger Black, Chris Akabusi, Todd Bennett, oh, Paul Sanders, Paul Harmsworth. I moved down there to live near him. He just had, like, something about him which got the best out of athletes when they were trying to do the 400 metres, which is that... the man-killer event. It's a tough, tough training for yeah. it, but he was, he was ruthless. He was almost like Rocky's coach. It was oh, like, was you train until you bleed. You bleed. Yeah, yeah, literally. Run until you bleed or you throw up, then you've done enough. Ewan, thank you for joining us. Pleasure. Southampton, we were representing Southampton today. Now, leading out Brighton today is broadcasting powerhouse. Wow. Keeps getting better and better. Bow out. I know, I like that. Natalie Sawyer, and alongside her is Seagull supporting comic Stephen Grant. Hello, Hello. Stephen. Hello. How are you? Yeah, I'm great, thanks. Yeah, yeah. very good. Yeah, Christmas. Enjoying Potterball? Uh, yeah, do you know what? It's much more easy on the eye. I mean, let's overlook the fact that we're two points lower than we were this time last season under Chris Hewton. Yeah. But, but it's really easy on the eye. The in, table's not easy on the eye. In what way is it easier on the eye than what Chris Hewton was doing? Well, more Chris passing? Hewton, well, Chris Hewton would like try to do uh, a, a much more of a, a kind of a zonal sort of like marking, sort of trying to kind of steal the ball. A less counter, but more sort of kind of direct game. And if we were able to squeak a goal, then we would basically just rear guard action for the rest of the game. Uh, under uh, Graham Potter, we play a lovely flowing style and in five of the last six games, uh, no, four of the last six games, we've gone ahead and we've only won one of them. Uh, but I think it's key to say that, you know, we carry on attacking like the fans want. I mean, it's, it's possibly strategically not what you should be doing to try and win a relegation battle. But from the point of view <laughs> yeah. of entertaining people, and as we know over Christmas... Yeah, As a comic, that can, be, that can be a hardship in <laughs> itself. Now, Natalie, 
Hello. You had Christmas in Ireland. I did. You did, and yes. but you also got your son. Yes. A very special present this I Christmas. Did. Not just for Christmas. What did no, you get him? We got him a puppy. <gasps> Uh, which oh, he nice. has been asking for for a very long time. Yeah. And he had done all the things we'd asked him to do, which oh. was to learn to ride a bike and yeah, tie yeah. his shoelaces, things like that. That's why I um, haven't got one. Yeah, you see, <laughs> it's basic things, Charlie, you need to do. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, so actually it was only on New Year's Day when he met the puppy for the first time and he was gobsmacked, burst into tears as soon as he saw the puppy because oh, he was so lovely. happy. Lovely. So, well, good yeah. top mumming. Yeah, bonus Top points mumming. for mumming. And what sort of dog is it? It's a little French bulldog. Oh. Little yes, you and, and you've got them, haven't you? A little beret on, is it? <laughs> Be nice, though, wouldn't it? Give it time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I might have to get one little of those. little stripy shirt. Yeah. Great Christmas for Brentford, yes. other than one defeat. Yes. But everything else was pretty good, wasn't it? All going very, very Thrash well. Bristol City. Thrash Bristol City again on New Year's Day. 4-0. Uh, yeah, third. It's all going brilliantly. Now, uh, Stephen. Yes. Natalie obviously got her son... Um, a dog for Christmas, a little puppy for Christmas. Mm. Did, did your um, kids get anything nice for Christmas? Well, I mean, it's interesting hearing uh, you mention the fact that you got three Southampton kits oh, for yeah. his, on your oldest. That's a, that fabulous moment when you hand over something that's far in excess of the value of the item because of the um, the status that it has with it. My, my yeah. children both um, ended up with new um, head-to-toe full kits. Oh, lovely! Uh, Smashing. Um, um, obviously, they're Brighton fans, yeah. and they were born literally within a week. I signed them up for the Young Seagulls program. It's fabulous. You get loads of free stuff and stickers and everything like that, yeah. and it gives you a fan number like the, the other fans, so that you you can be a fan oh, right from nice. the beginning. So Brighton so, through and through. Brighton until they die. Well, Brighton born and bred like myself, you know, and uh, you know I've taken them to various different games, all the rest of it. So here's a picture of them in their new kit. Um, those are the kids oh, given to the by his wife's boyfriend. Uh, they're Man United, Man United kits. Oh, there we go. Then um, I mean, Stephen, that is a kick in the teeth. It is as well, actually. I mean, on closer inspection as well, I think they might well be copies as well. Oh, actually, even better. Uh, yeah, exactly. So um, not only are they wearing Man United oh, kits, but they're hooky Man United kits. Happy in this picture, the well, kids. Well, um, I'm not going to put it up on social media, but regrettably, I'm going to say yes. Oh. Um, and they, but, they, but they did say that they um, they support Brighton. But if it's not if Brighton's not playing this Man United, then they support Man United. But obviously that is and they're holding up their match attacks. Um, uh, Look, it's just things. great they don't support teams that are doing well at the moment. Um, isn't it? You they're, know, not just, they're not glory hunters, are they? And that's, and that's what we are well, I today. Asked them, I asked them what today. a great link that was oh. into the next bit. I asked them today, what uh, the, the kids in their class do other than support, and I'm thinking is going to a Brighton school, that some of them support Brighton. They said there's a hand, two or three support Brighton, and the rest all support Liverpool because they win everything. This is how you it see, goes. And that is literally the definition of glory hunting. Age six and seven, you support who wins yeah. because you can't cope with losing, like Liverpool fans. There we are. Well, we'll see how happy your kids are when a child maintenance is stopped. That's <laughs> <laughs> right there. That's and the on that note, the scene is set for today's fixture. Could the challenge be as hard as rock for Brighton, or will it be another disaster of titanic proportions for Southampton? But right now, it's time for this. My club's bigger than your club. My club's bigger than your club. Yeah, my club's bigger than your club. We want each of our guests to tell us why they are the biggest club here today. They're free to employ any reasoning they wish. However, it's not about medals on the table. This is an exercise in winning hearts and minds. Brighton, you have won the chance to go first, Stephen and Natalie, and your 30 seconds starts now. 
Okay, so uh, Brighton are a big club by virtue, uh, when comparing to Southampton anyway, um, we're going to put aside things like sort of trophies and how long they've been around and things like that, and we're going to concentrate on the thing that really matters to Brighton, and that is catchment area. Uh, and when you look at Brighton, uh, the key thing you notice is there aren't any other really quite decent or professional clubs nearby. Obviously, Crawley Town have sort of crept up into the professional pyramid slightly, but they're overlooked uh, for us as a stopping point on the way to London to play slightly more serious rivals. <laughs> now, obviously, Southampton is a much more populous area compared to Brighton, but the key thing is, is they share their catchment area with Portsmouth. Sound of people spitting in the background. And at best, all they can do is fight over that strange, demilitarised zone between the two cities uh, that contain <laughs> such delights as Titchfield, Gosport and Fareham. So, uh, in many ways, Brighton has a beautiful South Downs to pick from. Uh, all the way up, if you like, to Croydon and Crystal Palace, something stuck in my throat, all the way up the coast towards Dover and then carrying across uh, along towards Portsmouth. That is our catchment area. And when you look at a map and how populous that is, Brighton is by quite some definition, potential and in reality, the bigger club. There we are, we went with catchment area there, as, as showing <laughs> what a, it's a very new one, it's yeah. a good one. You're saying it's a good one, Natalie. Mm, I liked uh, it. It's not up to you though, is it? <laughs> so let's go over to you and, and Andrew. You and you were going to tell us why Southampton is a bigger club than Brighton and Hove Albion. Of course they're bigger. Listen, Brighton, they're utterly unique compared to all other clubs in the fact they have no Brighton legends. Letizia, Benali, Shannon, McMenemy, Shearer, Shilton, Keegan. I didn't even need first names. You've got that striker, he's about 50. Murray Mint, what's his name? Glenn Murray, yeah? He might get a statue one day. But listen, I love Brighton. Been there many times. Beautiful place to visit. But Southampton as a football club, we're talking a football club. Look at the legends, the England legends who played for Southampton. Of course they're bigger than Brighton. There we are. It was a very, both very, very good arguments. There was Stevens that was treating his club like a primary school, <laughs> like a good primary school that once everyone's joined the local church. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> joined the local church to try and get a place at the decent primary school. And then we've got Ewan's argument, which was the great ex-pupils of his school, which was very, very good. You could name them. The, the, the role of honour was there. And I, I was then, kept going. And I was trying to think of a very famous Brighton player. Stephen, can you give us... Mark Lawrenson? Uh, Liverpool, there, wasn't he? he, was, everyone, he was remember, well. but everyone remembers him for Liverpool. Oh, you know. okay, fair enough. Well, I mean, obviously, Steve Foster with his headband. Luton Town, I think, of, I think of Steve Foster. But, but, but you should change your... Frame of reference. No, Charlie. I'm afraid. I think we've, can we've I, just. Yes, go on, Andrew. Can I just I'm say about that, to give you the points? So good luck. Okay. Can I just say that uh, the sign of a big club is does 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 Brighton have an airport? No, it doesn't. Southampton has an airport. But we have an airport. It's called Brighton City Airport. There we are. Brighton I mean, it's, it's it's not got a tarmac and it's mostly field. Well, there you go. You don't have an airport. Sure, an airport, but it's definitely an airport. Leeds doesn't have an airport. It shares with Bradford. You know, Southampton <laughs> are a big. If I can fly into a, to the Premiership to watch a game in that city, they're a big. club. Not only does Brighton's airport. Yeah. Existed in the outside of Brighton is that if you over, if 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 the plane overlands past the runway, oh. it ends up in the training ground oh, for Brighton nice. Albion, which is now, next to the airport. I was going to give, I was going to give you and Andrew the three goals, and then Andrew what? got involved. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you two goals, and mainly lose a goal because Andrew said Premiership, not Premier League. There is no in between. You're either good or bad. We were in between. Ha! Oh dear. From TalkSport, this is Glory Hunters, the podcast. It's time now to incur the wrath of the sporting gods as we enter the round known as Sporting Heretics. I'm going to invite each member of the panel to share an idea, opinion or thought they believe will change sport for the better. 
Previous suggestions have included abolishing half-time, a transfer window for fans and limiting some cities to just one football team. Quite simply, I want them to antagonise sports moral guardians as they dare to disrupt and tear up the rule book. And if there isn't a rule book at hand to tear up, then all the better. Because where we're going, we don't need rules. There we are. We're going to go for it. And I'm going to start with Andrew. And, I mean, a very popular suggestion I can only imagine, which is get rid of VAR. Yes, I think uh, the time has come uh, to get rid of VAR. Um, VAR has failed its probation for me, okay. right? Um, I watched a lot of, out the till. Yeah, I've watched a lot of football over Christmas and I'm finding it very hard to celebrate goals anymore. Even penalty kicks now, because how many penalties have had to be retaken? I was watching Brighton equalise against Chelsea last week, that beautiful overhead kick. As soon as the ball went in, I went, well, there's probably going to be something wrong with that. Mm. Right? And VAR was introduced to help referees and get rid of human error. Now, I would rather have human error back in the game because no team has not won a league title because of an offside decision or a goal that shouldn't have been on goal. These decisions balance themselves out at the end of the season. And I don't even want goal line technology. The process of football is an imperfect game. And we should go back to where we can debate and get angry in the pub over was he onside, was he offside, was that a goal? Get rid of VAR, it's slowing the game down. There's no more excitement in it anymore. And as far as I can see, football is getting more boring with it in the game. I want to go back to the, where it was five, six, seven years ago. Well, all you have to do is go and watch anything outside the Premier League. There is other football. Yeah, there is, but I'm you talking high-level Premiership football. High-level Premiership Or European or World Cups. You said Premiership again, I should take a point. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't agree with you on goal-line technology, because that is fact. They've worked that out, that is fact. The, the game stopped anyway. You get the buzzy watch. Yeah. You know, what are they going to do with all the buzzy watches? The game isn't perfect, so yeah. let's just enjoy the mistakes. Like, England wouldn't have won a World Cup if there was VAR. As you know more than anyone, beauty is in the imperfection. Exactly. The cracks let in the light, and that's what they're trying to get out of football and I agree with you completely but I'm still only giving you two goals because you said Premiership. <laughs> Natalie! <laughs> One strike for a manager. What on earth do you mean? I, it, quite simple, really. Introduction of a new rule for football managers. You can only ever have one spell managing a football club. Oh. So you can be the caretaker a few times if needs be, okay. but you cannot be the permanent manager. Uh, even if you were a managerial god, let's say, you cannot come back because you have made your decision to leave or be sacked either way. So you should never want to go back either as it could obviously lead to damaging your reputation. We always say never go back in relationships. Mm. Surely that's should be the case for a manager as well. There's a reason that they left the club in the first place. So let's stick to one stint and that is it. When has it ever really worked out for a manager that has gone back to a club for a second spell? Kevin Keegan at Newcastle mm. ended up in his resignation. Kenny Dalglish at Liverpool, sacked. Oh. Jose Mourinho at Chelsea, sacked. Oh. Fabio Capello at Real Madrid, sacked. It is clearly not a recipe for success. This rule would mean successful managers keep their reputations intact bang average managers well they're kept away from the club and we move on from them pretty quickly and football teams now have to be a bit more creative in their appointments i like, I like the idea mm. natalie i mean i think it's highly illegal because you are restricting people this from is working my rule, so. this is the, the soya rule <laughs> i don't mind it's very very good um what if people have done really badly they should be allowed back for another go surely not not back to the same club no not the same go, club go somewhere else i'm going to give you two goals Thank natalie you. i wasn't completely convinced but it was a nice idea ewan no photo finishes at all. Yeah, well, I'm worried what VAR has done to the world of football, and I think it's only a matter of time before athletics follow suit 
and brings in more video technology. So get rid of the photo finish. The naked eye must be able to see who the clear winner is. And if you don't have a clear winner, you run again. So nice. it's like real women, They're real men. Again. So even if you have to do 12 Olympic 100 meter Whoa. finals, the yes. true champion will be the last man standing. And that'll be the true champion because they're about to go through the heats. So you've got to clearly be the best. Otherwise you run again and again until you drop. Are you knocking out people as you go as well? So if someone's so you clearly- can't be violent. Oh, no. oh, sorry. <laughs> if someone's clearly like fifth, Ooh. then they're out. Or he just you mean, running, you mean the, like just running the front whoever was last go. They're yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's a knockout, I like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's almost like it's a knockout, so yeah. Eventually, you get down to the best two. The best two, and, and then that is the them. real quiz. The last person oh, like is the it. winner. How would you yeah. do it with other athletes? With all the events. Field? All the events. All the events. Yeah. <laughs> Not the field events, obviously. No. With a long jump, you can still measure the jump and yeah, distance. That's a shame, isn't it? But yeah. it, you know, I think the naked eye needs to come back. The only slight problem with my, I don't want to get myself points knocked off. But a lot of the officials in athletics are quite old oh. and their eyesight's not so great. Maybe that'll make it more fun. Well, they won't be you know what, they've the almost got is. the original VAR. They've got the original goal line technology in long jump because it's just a bit of plasticine. Yeah. Ewan, it's a great idea and I loved it. I'm going to give you three goals. Fantastic. Stephen, you're going to rename football. Right, it's, look, I'm, I'm trying to solve the fundamental problem with football. And whereas I believe VAR is very prevalent right now and I was agreed entirely with Andrew's points, I think the problem with football is, is that football still has a bad reputation, sometimes to do with FIFA, but a lot to do with some of the aggression and this non-sporting approach that football has in the rest of the sporting world. And I think a lot of that is to do with the fact there's a sense of entitlement and arrogance around the football community, because if we all appreciate and understand it is the beautiful game and in many ways the best sport in the world. Mm -hmm. But what we need to do is have a little bit more humility. And I think the problem comes, especially within the English game, or the British game specifically, in the fact that we we call it football. Mm -hmm. Football as a name is a umbrella term for various other footballs around the world. And I know it's going to be okay. hard for people to hear this, right? Rugby, football, American football. Mm -hmm. There are other forms of football out there. And the name used to be soccer. Now, everyone hates the name soccer. They think, oh, it's an Americanism. But of course it isn't, because it comes from association football. And it came up so that we could establish the difference between association football and rugby football, the age of which are being pretty much the same as each other. There's an argument that one is older than the other. And I'm sure on social media, people will be correcting me on this. But the reality is, it's a British name that we came up with, we gave the Americans. Mm. And when Americans came up with American football, they kept soccer. And American football became football, and that's obviously their lookout, and we're not gonna judge them on that. But we used to call it soccer ourselves, up until about the mid-70s. It was an interchangeable name with football. Then we decided it was too American, and we got rid of it, and we went to football. And that arrogance has permeated the sport and made us unpopular with other sporting areas. And if we go back to soccer, football can get some humility back and be popular amongst sporting fans everywhere. It's a tough decision, everyone will hate it, yeah. but in a generation's time, everyone who supports football or plays it will be welcomed into the rest of the sporting community. Soccer. I recommend a referendum on that. <laughs> yes, what a good idea. And can I just say something, Stephen? In yeah. Ireland, it's soccer. Yes. Did you know that? Because, because we have our own football, yeah, Gaelic but, football. But well, I, if I was thinking Ireland into, into Britain, I would be causing so many... No, but my point is that argument. I've grown up with the phrase soccer. Yes. And it's, it's great. It's, I, I like the name soccer. I've said soccer amongst my English friends. Yep. Yeah. Two I have. And like I've said it to them, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, what are you talking about soccer for?" I goes, "No, we say it now because we have Gaelic football." So you know, yeah, I, I mean, I, I like what you're saying. It's, mm. it's, it was a superb answer, Stephen. Really, really great. You, all your all your arguments made sense, and were based in logic. I will never, ever, ever <laughs> call football soccer. So no goals. Bad luck. <laughs> um, oh,
absolute, absolute Bruno. heresy there. VAR are looking at it. For what? I have absolutely no idea, but they are looking at it. OK, so I gave Stephen no goals there. Um, <laughs> And I have to just come back to you that VAR has intervened. Literally, <laughs> I've been told off. <laughs> the police have been in and they've told me that Stevens was such a good answer that I have to give him three goals. So through gritted teeth, I'm giving soccer three goals. This is the problem so, with VAR, yeah. right? It's slowing the game down, right? And the energy of this show has gone yes. out the window because exactly. I could not enjoy his answer because we had to stop you it. You're going to stop, I know. So at the end of that round, the scores are Southampton 8 Brighton and Hove Albion, seven. I've been ill and hadn't trained for a week. I've been out of the team for three weeks before that, so I wasn't sharp. And then right before half-time, I got cramp. But I'm not one to make excuses. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs and medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. New Year, new podcast, it's Glory Hunters from Talk Sport. Time now for Back in the Day, where we travel back to a landmark moment in both clubs' history. Andrew and Ewan, we're going to go back to 2010 and this. Lambert scores! You do not keep out a Ricky Lambert penalty! And Southampton, the favourites, 
draw first blood at Wembley. Ricky Lambert's penalty opened the scoring in Southampton's 4-1 victory against Carlisle in the Football League trophy at Wembley in 2010. But what else do you remember of that year, Ewan? And not, not much of that game because I was there and I'd had a few shandies. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, oh, good day out. Question one. 2010 was also the year of this. Torres clipping in inside the box. A very tired challenge gets it away. Fabregas through. It's Iniesta to win the World Cup for Spain. That's the goal that surely sees them crowned champions of the world. That was Iniesta's goal for Spain, and it saw them beat Holland 1-0 to lift the World Cup for the first time. But in a bad-tempered final, how many yellow cards did referee Howard Webb produce? Is it 12, 13 or 14? Sorry, I meant to do... <laughs> or, or, as you're showing with your fingers, seven. <laughs> Very confident. I was There's Irish seven there, Andrew. Irish, Irish, yeah. Irish 12, 13 or 14. Howard Webb in the final there. Spain, That's Holland. Not, I remember, I remember he should have given a red card in like the first 20 minutes. And one of the, the Dutch players, Kung Fu, in the che- kick in the chest, like Iniesta or Listen, something Listen, like everybody that. was Kung Fu fighting. Can you imagine if there was VAR back then? No. <laughs> wow. The game oh, would it, it still be going on. It was yeah, it's, be, yeah. Oh, well, it's, it's a lot. Kung Fu, it's a lot. Do you want to the difference? Yeah. Young Kong. It's either, it's either 13 or 14. Right. I'm gonna, we're going to go with 13. You're going with 13 yellow cards. The answer is 14 ah. yellow cards. Bad luck. Question two. The USA's game against Ghana was watched by 19 million Americans, the largest audience ever for a football match in American TV history. However, it didn't end well. Now that's hooked forward. Here's a chase for Gian. He's one on two. It is Gian. He's in the area. He scores! Garner uh, back in front, a goal of individual brilliance from a Savoie-Gian. Garner won 2-1 after extra time and went through to the quarter-finals. But what headline did the New York Post lead with the morning after that crushing defeat? Was it A, schmucks, B, this sport is stupid. C. Where the hell is Ghana? They couldn't get away with where the hell is Ghana. Schmucks. Schmucks is a bit cheesy. We don't like this game because I think the Americans are a bit like, if they're not good at something, I don't think they... Yeah, they would have created... They're 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 they wouldn't be of any interest in it. soccer, are they? Okay. So, yeah, yeah, I agree yeah, with I'm that. Gonna go with, we're going to go with B. B, this sport is stupid. Yeah. The answer is... This sport is stupid. Yes, it was B. This sport is stupid. Congratulations. Question three. In 2010, as we entered a new decade, what did so-called futurologists predict would be in existence come 2020? VAR. Now, hold on a second. (laughs) Is it A, eco-friendly floating cities? B, hoverboards? C... Keith Richards. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I, I, remember, I remember a thing on telly about hoverboards. Yeah. I remember yeah. something about hoverboards and they had a demonstration yeah. of people on hoverboards and they were able to like go above traffic and yeah. all that oh, kind of stuff. Are you sure but you haven't amazing. just watched Back to the Future? Yeah. No, no, no. I think it was hoverboards. Yeah, I agree. I think it was hoverboards. Yeah. Going with hoverboards, the answer is eco-friendly oh, floating what? cities. A number of floating cities are, of course, in existence, but that's less through design and more through climate catastrophe. Now, at the end of that round, you scored one goal, which takes you to nine. You're currently leading 9-7. That is over Brighton and Hove Albion, which is Natalie Sawyer and Stephen Grant. We're going to go back to 2017 and this. And Scully March has scored! 20 years ago, the club staring into the abyss. 
And now, well, the Seagulls can prepare for the big time. Shout is, we're on our way. And these Seagull supporters can now dream the world is their oyster. Having faced oblivion 20 years earlier, Brighton were promoted to the Premier League after finishing runners-up in the Championship. But what else do you remember of that year? I mean, it's not I very there, long I mean, ago. I was there as well. Actually. I was going to say, see, I was there. I was great. I got tickets to the, the press area, which is just literally right behind where the managers are. Yeah. And all the players wanted to come back out, but the but they couldn't come back out on the pitch because the pitch had been completely, obviously, sort of uh, invaded. Yeah, with all the fans, and so the, the the pitch was literally full. So they all came into the press area. Oh. So we stood oh. there and we were surrounded by the players so I've got pictures of just looking over the back of the players heads at, at um, you know 25,000 people oh, on, the, on the pitch amazing. one of the best days of my life it's amazing brilliant now question one which of these players retired at the same time as Brighton's return to the big time in 2017 was it Lampard what a finish that is Frank Lampard or B it's a great run by Michael Owen and he might finish it off oh it's a wonderful goal Michael Owen or C Peter Crouch comes back with a goal and it's his first in nine games and Anfield oh, is rocking. Peter mm. Crouch, who retired in 2017. Frank Lampard, Michael Owen or Peter Crouch? Um, are we reckon, well, I reckon Owen is earlier and Crouch is actually later. Yes. I think Crouch saw out his contract. Mm. I think Lampard was the one who sort of like left on a sort of a high mm. from Man City, wasn't he? Just at the very end, he sort of played half a season, didn't mm. he? So mm. I would say, we're going to say Lampard. Yeah, yeah. Frank Lampard. I think that's a good one. It was Frank Lampard. Very, very good. Question two. 2017 was also the year this happened. And the Academy Award for Best Picture. La La Land. This is not a joke. I'm afraid they read the wrong thing. This is not a joke. Moonlight has won Best Picture. Moonlight. Best Picture. High drama at the Oscars as the wrong film is awarded the Oscar for Best Picture. A bit like when Stephen's soccer answer got three goals. But which movie was the highest grossing film of the year? Ooh. Was it A? Where is my phone? Who we cares? are in different people's bodies. It doesn't seem like the most pressing concern at this moment. Oh, really? You don't think this would be a good moment to make a phone call or text somebody or change your status to stuck in a freaking video game? That was Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Good fun film, I recommend it. Or B? I'm made of rocks, as you can see, but don't let that intimidate you. You don't need to be afraid unless you're made of scissors. <laughs> Just a little rock, paper, scissor joke for you. <laughs> Lovely uh, film there, Thor, Ragnarok, or was it C? I've seen this raw strength only once before. It didn't scare me enough then. It does now. That was Star Wars The Last Jedi. I, I, my only thoughts are is that when films gross, it's internationally, uh -huh. and Star Wars is just everywhere. It's, it's everywhere. That and means... even you could just put Star Wars The Trip to the Shops. Oh, I've <laughs> seen that one, it's brilliant. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to be honest, <laughs> the really, uncut the, version, yeah, really yeah, good. Yeah. They're, they're really true to the original. Yeah. Um, so um, I, I would use would, the bag for life, Luke. Use the bag for life. I know that. I know all the. the this the, is not the till you are looking for. <laughs> I am your father. Can you buy me these flags? Have you got a club card? 
<laughs> I think Star Wars is the most obvious. Yeah. But then there's a part of me that thinks, is it too obvious? And then it should be one of these. Well, the thing about it is, is that when, if it's the most grossing film of the year, and they were looking through them and they were trying to pick two wrong yeah. answers, Star Wars Last Jedi could be wildly up, and those yeah. two might be the next two. But yeah. they'd be way down. Oh, God, I, I, I still do Star Wars. I, yeah, I'm, I'd be upset if it isn't Star Wars Last Jedi. If The Rock's Jumanji comes in at oh, pretty high so. grossing. But let's go with Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. It was Star Wars. Yeah. There we are. Oh, very good. Question three. Whilst eco-friendly floating cities and hoverboards <laughs> failed to materialise, which of these were included amongst Time magazine's top 25 inventions of the year for 2017? A. Mugs that heat your coffee. B. Driverless cars. C. The net chip, which is a microchip that will stream movies straight to your brain. Oh, I don't like that one at oh, all. Sorry, what? So this is this is there. Which of these was included in Time Magazine's top 25 inventions of the year in 2017? Mugs oh. that heat your coffee. B. Driverless cars. C. The net chip. Well, I can't imagine a mug would be that exciting. Driverless cars have been around for ages. Well, anybody who's left off a handbrake on a hill um, <laughs> has effectively invented the driverless car. Yes, so I mean, like, I mean, yes, obviously they were trialling them, but, but Uber have been trialling them for ages, and I, I think they predate 2017. To be honest, I've had an electric car since 2015, so Ooh. I think that's like kind of unlikely. I'm going to go for the. Ooh, I'd say the someone's doing all right. <laughs> someone's only someone's, early adopter. So someone's only, only taking work within an 80 mile radius. Yeah. Um, mugs I, that heat I, your coffee or the I net mean, chip? I don't like the sound of the net chip, but it, I, well, I think the mug that heats the coffee. I've not even heard of the mug that heats. But well, that's the thing. That's 2017, yeah. isn't it? That was that was like three years ago now. Yeah. So things have moved Didn't on. Really so, yes. move on did? Okay, let's go with the mug. The mug that heats your coffee. It is the mug oh. that heats your coffee. Never go in for a 50-50 ball unless you're 80% sure of winning it. From TalkSport, this is Glory Hunters, the podcast. Here on Glory Hunters, we believe in letting the people have their say, and that's why we do this. Our esteemed panel are about to face the scrutiny of the general public and have absolutely no idea what they'll ask as we play A Question of Sport Time. our first question please hello i'd like to ask the panel what new year's resolution would they like to see someone from the world of sport make so ewan could you answer answer please yeah gareth southgate absolutely bossed it with his waistcoat but i think he needs to change his wardrobe in preparation for the euros oh everyone's done the suit all the managers done track suits to death he needs to go big go bold this year Bring out the poncho. I think he should wear a poncho oh, on the sidelines. No one else idea. is going to do it. It's a bold statement. It's a lovely but idea. I just think he can rock it. Look what he did to the waistcoat. Bring back the poncho. Southgate, you're the man. Do it. Now, with a poncho, are you going waterproof poncho? Are you going giveaway poncho like you get in a stadium? No, not giveaway. Are you going oh. woolen? Bespoke. Bespoke, Bespoke yeah, woolen gonna, poncho. Depend, well, it depends on the weather conditions. He'll have a number of ponchos. Oh, lovely. But it won't be one of those cheap ones you just get at the fun fair and slip on top. Okay. This is one that he's purposely put on. It'll have the logo, it'll have the, the badge on, it'll have the lot. Plenty of room for sponsorship yeah, on, a, on a poncho. And imagine if England scored and he's running down the wing. Oh, yeah. They could even do like a pirouette and it oh, would spin round. The head poncho in the poncho. There you go. Oh, Lovely, oh, wouldn't it? Oh, it's a brilliant answer, you, and I'm going to give you three goals. branding there. Stephen Grant. I'd just like Arsene Wenger to get back into the English Premier League. I just think the problem with the Premier League management sort of collective right now is we, we're missing elder statesmen. When we had Fergie and we had 
finger. Yeah. It's kind of we had people who've been there for the long time. The managers that other managers looked up to. Yeah. I just think we're kind of missing that a little bit. You we've know, got we've Carlo got... Ancelotti, haven't we? I don't know whether Carlo really cares about the English Premier League. Okay. I, think he's, I, don't, I don't think he's, you know, he's entrenched in this league in as much as he's entrenched in world football. So I just think that we need someone back. And, you know, when Mourinho came back, you know, and everyone oh, he's come to Man United, it's going to sort of like, you yeah. know, upset the apricot. He's a Chelsea manager. And there's Spurs. And the rest of him, he goes, he's just an established manager. That's how it works. We need someone. But it can't be Mourinho because he can't be looked up to by other managers because he's too goading. And he's too much about upsetting and ruffling mm. feathers and all the rest of it. We need someone, I mean, an older statesman manager who knows this league, been around 20 years. It'd be great if Arsene Wenger came back in on a less, sort of, if you like, uh, less vaunted football team. It's like Brighton and Hove Albion. Well, I don't know, I'm quite happy with Graham Potter, actually. Oh, but you, you wouldn't know, want but, like, Wenger at... You know, but we could, have, we could have Wenger, Wenger could have come in at Watford or something like that and then just showed everybody just how great he is. You know, obviously Watford are doing quite well now. Yeah. But, you know, but realistically, those sort of elder statesmen, we're missing them in football and yeah. someone like Wenger could come back in. I think that'd be great. I like the answer. I was going to give you more goals, but then you said you wouldn't have him at your team. So it felt like, well, you won't have him at your team. Why should anybody else have him? I'm going to give you one goal, Stephen. It's bad news. <laughs> Natalie Sawyer. I'd like all footballers, in fact, in fact, all sports people, to stop using the term, you know... Okay. You know when they often, you know you when, I know, <laughs> they often, no, but I'm... One point off for you. No, Say let me finish what I'm saying, but you, okay. know, you know when <laughs> they are being interviewed and they talk about, I don't know, mm. a game or whatever it is they've just achieved or played or whatever it is, they always will half, you know, you know, you know, yeah. you know. No person should say that because, and this is the main reason why, I don't know. I don't know I've yes. never played the game professionally. Oh, Could not? never play the game. No, I mean, oh, surprising, I, I realised. keeper in 1978. <laughs> I should have been. Yeah. So, I don't so know. big hands you've got. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, stop saying, you know. Oh, it, but it's like a shortened, it. you know what I mean, isn't it? I don't like it. You know it. what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean, but <laughs> you I don't like know what it. you mean, because I've never played it. But I often get frustrated going, no, I don't know. Oh. I've never done it. So, that's my little okay, thing. I, I mean, stop I, using, I, you know. I feel like you're trying to stop people being themselves. So I'm going to say one goal. <laughs> you know nothing. I know nothing. Andrew Ryan, I think, what sort of answer have you got? I think Ola Gunnar Solskjaer should oh, yeah. hire a team of UFC fighters All right. and bring them into Carrington Training Ground and teach the current Manchester United squad what's it like to fight for something. Oh, okay? wow. Because I am Literally sick to death. In the cage, I, I, in the I, octagon. I want to be beaten up. I want him to collectively come up come up as a team to fight for something. All right. I want Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to be angry. I want Solskjaer turning up in nightclubs, dragging Fred out by his ears oh, right. because they're out late at night. I want a bit of old school fighting winning the club again, right? Because at the moment, it just seems so comfortable, right? My cousin, he was 14 years of age when he went to Manchester United. He played there for two weeks on trial. Yeah. He hated it. Oh, I didn't like it. Do you know what he said? Because the players, they were, they were just too protected. There was yeah. no fun with them. I want a bit of, I want Solskjaer to go in and teach these guys a little bit of fight. Start of the year, every week, two players in the United squad have to do three, three rounds in the cage. Mm. That is hard work. You think Lindelof sounds like your mum's friend who's head of HR? <laughs> <laughs> Linda Loft. Have you seen Debbie Linda Loft? <laughs> Linda Loft's coming round. She likes the posh coffee. I always thought Linda Loft was the name of a European chocolate you can't get in the UK. Oh, lovely. I've yeah. had 300 grams of Linda Loft for Christmas <laughs> from my nan. It's fabulous, really. We're nice. going on holiday. We're going off to Van Bissaka for two days. <laughs> we had a good team on paper. Unfortunately, the game was played on grass.
This is the Glory Hunters podcast in association with Monty Panasar Loft Conversions. Oh, Monty Panasar! Got a roof space sitting idle. Call Monty Panasar's Loft Conversions. Time now, however, for our two team captains to step up to the plate and argue either for or against a motion that I propose. Essentially, I manufacture an argument, sit back and watch them go at it. The motion up for debate today is this house believes England will win a major football tournament over the course of the next decade. Arguing for that motion is Natalie and arguing against is Andrew. You each have 30 seconds. Natalie, we come to you first. I'm going to be short and sweet in that uh, this is a given, surely. How can it not be? I say this because I'm English and I am an England fan. I am patriotic, so I have to have hope. We have been world champions before, so there is no reason why we can't do it again. We are the land of hope and glory after all, so I will always remain optimistic. Very, very good answer. No fact-based, just (laughs) pure jingoism, but here we go. (laughs) Andrew Ryan. You are going to go against, and you have 30 seconds starting from now. You get to one World Cup semi-final, and you think the world owes you everything, right? <laughs> I watched the last World Cup, right? Who were the two teams that you beat in the group stage? Panama and Tunisia. I could have beaten them. The only good team in the group was Belgium. You got beaten by them. Then you beat Colombia on penalties. Sweden, Ireland could beat Sweden. Then you came up against another good team, which was Croatia, and they knocked you out in the semi-finals, right? Just because you got a couple of young players under the age of 25, you think you're pretty good in the best league in the world, but only 32% of the players are actually English. Right? But if you look at the history of England in World Cups, let's go back to it. The last time you got to a semi-final, you were beaten by Germany in 1990. 1994, never even qualified. Right? 1998, last 16. 2002, quarter-final. 2006, quarter-final. 2010, last 16. 2014, group stage. 2018, semi-final. And if you follow that train of thought, 2022, you shouldn't even qualify. There we are, boom. Unbelievable from Andrew Ryan there. It's a great answer. I think I want to give him the... I'm a natural pessimist, thinking England will never win anything. Andrew, I'm going to give you the goals. If you can tell me, very quickly, what's the name of the top division in English football? Premier League. Correct, there we are. You get three goals. You have to think about it. So the scores are currently 21-18 to Southampton and in the dying moments of the game we move now into injury time where each side has 60 seconds to score as many goals as possible. The current losing side goes first which is Natalie and Stephen for Brighton and Hove Albion. I'm going to list a series of sports that have at one time been included at the Olympics. All you've got to do is tell me which are true and which is false. When your time is up, you'll hear this sound. A lot of times I, I use the word uh, horny to my place. <laughs> do we understand what we're doing? Yes, yes we do. Good do. stuff. Your time starts now. Solo synchronised swimming. False. It's true. Live pigeon shooting. False. True. It's true. Tightrope walking. False. It's false. Motorboating. False. It's true. Cheese rolling. False. It is false. Distance plunging. Oh, that is true. True. Tug of war. That is true. It's true. Greyhound racing. That's false. It's false. Croquet. True. True. Dueling pistols. True. False. Swimming obstacle course. Uh, True. It is true. Juggling. False. This is false. 100 metre freestyle for sailors. False. It's true. (laughs) Pulling wheelies. False. It is false. Alpinism. True. It's true. Conkers. False. False. Painting. 
True. It is true. Wife carrying. False. It is false. Music. False. It's true. Drinking. True. It's false. Lacrosse. No, that's true. That's true. And polo. True. A lot of times I, I use the word uh, horny to my players. Well, at the end of that round, you scored a brilliant 15 Ooh, goals, which nice. takes you to 33. Next up, it's Southampton. Ewan and Andrew, you need 13 to win. I'm going to list a series of things associated with one of the world's fastest growing sports, Quidditch. I need you to tell me which are true and which are false. I need 13 from you to win. When your time is up, you'll hear this sound. That is the last question. Thank you very much indeed. Do you know what we're doing? What is Quidditch? Well, yeah, you seem furious. Harry Potter. Never seen any. Never okay, seen Harry Potter. good luck with it. Amazing. Here we go. Amazing. Your time starts now. Keeper. True. Tis true. Burning spear. True. False. Paddle guardian. True. False. Blatching. <laughs> true. It's true. Quantocking. False. False. Tuppany nudger. <laughs> well, please be true. False. Oh. Seeker. False. True. Twerking. False. It is false. Bumping. True. It's true. Boggling. True. It's false. Beater. False. It's true. Steel pulse. False. False. War knocking. False. It is false. Chaser. True. It is true. Massive stick. True. False. Oh. Quaffle. False. True. Oh. Mampy pampy. False. It's false. Bludger. True. It's true. Golden snitch. False. True. <laughs> Scaramanga. True. It's false. Oh, Brooms. It true. True. Hoops. True. That is the last question. Thank you very much indeed. So at the end of that round, you scored 13 oh, goals. Yes. Thanks yes. you to 34. Yeah. You win by one. Oof. Brighton and Ovalby and Stephen and Natalie, you're oh. losers. You've yeah, lost. How thanks. does it feel? Can you take any positives from it? The only positive I can take from this is that it clearly shows that having zero knowledge about a subject is no barrier to scoring highly <laughs> at it. Go. That is yeah. true. That is true. Winners. Yeah. Delay. Yeah. The fact that we scored 13 points there and didn't use VAR once. Not once. It's <laughs> a wonderful <laughs> achievement for the modern game. Ewan, through to the next round. Very exciting for you, I can imagine. Chuffed. Chuffed, Chuffed a bit. Chuffed is the answer. There we are. Well, to our winners, we say... You beauty! What a headshot! What a and for the losers... It was absolutely start to finish an absolute load of rubbish. There we are. My thanks to Natalie, Andrew, Ewan and Stephen. Until next time, from myself and everyone here, it's goodbye. A brilliant win. Yes. Pulled it out of the bag at the end there, Andrew. Just like Southampton season, isn't it? Exactly. You know what I mean? We started behind, badly. Started badly, but we got it round. And it was great to work with Ewan, you know, a very nice guy and good, good sporting knowledge. Yeah, he is sat here next week. I know he's next to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. He, like, he, he sounded up. like you saying it and he, and he we're, left. We're, <laughs> I'm still here. We're going for a run now. Are you off for a run just, just, just 400 metres. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there we are. Very nice. Thank you very much for listening to the Glory Hunters podcast. Do download next week. Maybe subscribe, rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts.